Hello there, and welcome to the Reversing Diabetes with Delane MD podcast. I'm Delane Vaughn. I'm a board-certified family practice doctor, an emergency room, former emergency room nurse, a veteran healthcare provider, and the host of this podcast. This podcast is for women who are not ready to let go of their longevity, their vitality, and their vigor. It's for women that know that life is a gift, and they're not ready to start the downward spiral of letting that go. This podcast is for women who are total badasses in other parts of their life, but are struggling to let go of the chocolate cake. If that's you, let's talk. Today, we have a special guest. Many women have reached out to me and been willing to do this, have a coaching call that's recorded for the podcast listeners so the podcast listeners can see what it's like to be coached. Such a gift to you, such a, I hopeful, hopefully a helpful gift to them, but that's what we have going on today. Before we get started with that, I do want to remind you, if you are on medications, I want you to be careful if you are making dietary changes, the changes that I recommend in this podcast. You have been medicated because of the way you've eaten in the past, and if you change the way you eat, you're going to need to change your medications. If you do not, you may get very, very sick, the kind of sickness that involves emergency room visits and hospitalizations and possibly even death. So I need you, before you start making these dietary changes, to call your primary care provider to let them know what you intend to do and to let them know that you want to be able to have a way to give them your blood sugar logs and for them to give you feedback on those blood sugar logs and what you need to do with your medications to work off of those medications. It's a very important step to keep you safe. So if you haven't already done that, please do that. Please also share this podcast with other people that you think need this help. Nine out of 10 Americans have this hyperinsulinemic problem. They are getting sick because the food that we eat. That's what this podcast helps people stop doing. So if you're getting help, share it with other people so they can get that help too. Rate the podcast, leave a review for the podcast, share it on your social media, all of these things so other people can get the same help that you're getting, especially if you're finding amazing benefits with this. Follow me on Instagram, follow me on Facebook, join the Delane MD Reversing Diabetes Facebook group. It's such a fun group of people there to help you out along this way. Lastly, if you are interested, sign up for a reverse your diabetes assessment call. These are 45 minute calls where you and I will sit down and discuss where your specific obstacles are and why you haven't been able to overcome them. These calls are for women who have been frustrated and worried and concerned about fixing their type 2 diabetes and haven't been able to figure that out. These calls help you get some clarity on that. If you're interested at the end of the call, you can get some information about my group and how you can get the help that you need to finally put this diabetes business behind you. All right, so we are going to start with, with the next call, with this call, this coaching call. So I am going to uh, pull her on. All right, so we're here with Shar. Shar is agreed to have a coaching call with us. Before we get started, is is it Shar? Is that it is? Yep. Perfect. Yep. From Delane, who I'm always like having <laughs> to get that corrected. You know, I want to make sure that I'm saying your name correctly. So I'm really grateful that you've agreed to do this, and I appreciate you being here. And I just want to welcome you to the call. So tell me, what do you want to dive into? Um, well, I sent you a note and I guess I didn't come back and read the notes. So okay. I really, so, I don't have a lot of, of experience with what you do in the coaching calls. So yeah, maybe yeah. you should get, yeah. You okay with me reading it? Not all I of am. it necessarily, but um, topics for coaching, not sure how it works, but here's some info about me pre-diabetic two months ago. And about two months ago, I started working on lowering it and using my diet. 
follow functional medicine doctor's recommendations, which I think is awesome, changed my diet, retested a month and a half later, A1C had actually gone from 5.8 to 5.9. I was frustrated, that made me commit further. I'm doing a savory breakfast, no snacks, minimal carbs at lunch and dinner. I've been pretty consistent for about three weeks now. Here are some things that are challenging for me. I'm pretty analytical and get would and could get some feedback daily or weekly or something. I know I could wear a CGM, but I don't really want that level of tracking on my food. I cut back from two cups of coffee to one, but I really wish I could have two. I'm also being treated for lower back pain that's gotten significantly worse, okay? My doctor said she expected that part of my issue is the stress and probably, especially if your functional doctor said that, I totally agree. I would agree even if your primary doctor had said that, but I retired early and really should not have stress, but here we are. (laughs) I am trying to add in more walking and other activities to get more exercise, but I've done, I've not done it with the same commitment that I have with my meal changes. So I think that that's great. I want to. One one thing that probably wasn't clear in there, my A1C has been testing high with my primary doctor all the way back to 2018. And with really very little direction on that, you know, that I should make any changes. And it wasn't until I went to the functional medicine doctor that she's like, you're pre-diabetic and you should do something. (laughs) Yeah. Look at us going like, hey. You don't have to wait until you're nearly on death's door. We can actually change it right now. Yeah. 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 So, okay. So yeah. And that's pretty typical, honestly. And I was, it's so interesting now as a physician and working with women who are diabetic, I certainly, I mean, see all the biomarkers and I start to see them climb long before they get a a formal diagnosis. And it's interesting, Mm -hmm. even so I'm, you may or may not be aware. I was a nurse before I went to medical school. And I can remember even in nursing school. So this was in like 1999, like a 2000 era, Mm -hmm. um, that we were taught that you had probably had the disease state of type two diabetes for at least a decade prior to diagnosis. Yeah. Yeah. And we're starting to realize that that disease, that, that like pathophysiology, the process that's causing the disease is impacting so many more areas, not just your blood sugars, that really we can't just let it ride. You would never let cancer sit in your body for 10 years before you decided to do something about it, right? Right. So yeah, we're. I'm not surprised. Anytime any woman comes to me and they're like, oh, I've got the diagnosis, or even I'm pre-diabetic, in my brain, I'm like subtracting a decade before as to when that disease process was probably present. So yeah, mm-hmm. that makes sense to me. Okay. So you just started doing things. So there's a couple of things I want to talk about. And this is just information. This is not coaching. But tell me what you think about two cups of coffee as I drink my coffee. (laughs) Think about that. I don't know that I'm really dependent on it. I really, it's a habit that I really got once I retired. Mm -hmm. And I just really like to sit on the couch and drink two cups of coffee and watch the Today Show. And I I really created that that habit myself. I mean, and I feel like it's a luxury that I never had when I was working full time. I think maybe that's the big part of it with me is, hey, I have the ability to sit here for an hour and a half and watch TV. I would have never done that even on the weekend before. And I and because and what I've been trying to do lately is, I mean, kind of reframe that habit to just one one cup and then replace it with water or something. It's just. I don't think I'm addicted to the caffeine. I think it's literally, I'm 
I just wanted, it's just a habit I've enjoyed. Yeah. Why not decaf coffee? Um, I did actually switch to decaf and, and she said that she felt like that um, it was actually better to just drink the coffee. Yeah. Because and your the, functional med doctor said that. Yeah. Because and of she the encouraged you to get off the coffee. She's the one that encouraged it. Yes. Yeah. Okay. And so there definitely is rationale behind that. And mm -hmm. that like some people definitely, and, and definitely if she thinks stress is a big player, certainly there are studies out there that say that two to four cups. Now, granted, when I think of a cup, it's, you know, like a huge ginormous cup. That's literally, <laughs> is it really the size of my head? It pretty much is. Um, I think of these as two cups, like, but really it's probably a little less than this. Um, Two to four cups of caffeine is actually beneficial in studies to your blood sugar management. Oh, interesting. So it's not that the caffeine or the coffee is likely causing the issue. It's likely the increased stress and the sympathetic nervous system stimulation of the caffeine that your functional med doc is like, maybe we rein that in a little bit. Mm -hmm. Okay. So um, just so you know, like one cup of coffee and one cup of, you know, switching to decaf and doing decaf. Do you want to do a tea? If it's really this experience of sitting on the sofa and having something warm in your hand. And there is also evidence I've heard um, science, although I cannot repeat the science because I don't remember it well enough, that there is something about this, the warmth, the warm liquid drinking mm -hmm. it that's stimulating to us and actually starts to wake us up. So even oh, if it's just warm tea, warm lemon water, whatever it is. So you may find that relaxation. And if that's really what you're looking for and you know that that's what you're looking for, you probably can create that in a variety of different ways. I always ask people why they want to cut back on coffee. And a lot of times there is this belief that like coffee is bad for us. And I don't know that that's supported by the evidence entirely, or like sure. it's bad for their blood sugars. I don't know that that's supported entirely definitely it is stimulating to your stress response and if that's what your and your functional med doctor is trying to work on then that's probably something that you need to consider interestingly about the back pain and you may have some like spinal stenosis or degenerative disc disease all of those things most most of us within a birthdays under our belt we get some elements of that yeah um insulin resistance though is inflammatory so Insulin resistance is the root cause of the diabetes. Mm -hmm. And when you have that process going on, so if you're having an A1C in that insulin resistant or diabetic or pre-diabetic range, then likely you're having a systemic all over your body inflammatory response with the insulin in your system. So yep. you may find benefit as those numbers start to improve. Make I, sense? I hope so. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 I've actually had clients who start to like they they maybe will drop maybe they have 40 pounds to lose and they'll drop 10 or 15 pounds and they start to feel better and they're like I already feel better it's amazing and their brain it's like the weight and yes there is that impact on the joints with on the body with the mm -hmm. extra weight that they carry but I think a lot of it just as if just as if not more effective is that reversing that insulin resistance so mm -hmm. all right so what do you want to coach on on these things? I, I really don't, I don't understand when you say the word coaching, what yeah. that means. Yeah. What do you think that you need help with 
if you could fix your type two diabetes, what do you believe the one thing you need help with would be? Um, I think that over the last, it's probably closer to four weeks now, um, I have been, you know, very consistently working super hard on it. It shocked me when I, I thought that I was working hard and then and your A1C, that I came yeah. back and my, it was, it was actually higher. And so I, I feel like I'm even more attentive to it. I mean, and, mm -hmm. and I actually am, I have actually seen some weight loss that I was not seeing before. And I think for years, I mean, I haven't been able to lose any weight, no matter, I, I think I could have stopped eating and I still would have not lost weight, but I do worry that, um, I understand the whole concept of building habits, but I do worry that about getting to the, the mindset of that this is forever. Ah, yeah. So tell me more about the mind, like why you worry about, what does that mean? What is the mindset of this is forever? Talk about that a little bit. Um, well, I, my gut says, and I mean, I'm, I'm not a doctor that, if I can't continue to manage my blood sugar, that it will come back. If, if, if you know, if I'm successful on getting it lower and lower, that I could ruin that just as easily as I did whenever it was 10 years ago. Yeah. And, and because of that, it feels like there's like, there's a sort of bigger thing in front of me that I don't have to deal with yet. I have to deal with today, but I still worry about that. Yeah. What's that bigger thing in front of you? that I'm not able to, yeah, to, to do it long-term. Yeah. yeah. So it sounds like you have a thought that I may not be able to do this long-term and there's worry. Yeah. And that yep. keeps you in this kind of, do you feel like in the past, have you ever had a place, a time in your life where you like made life, you know, healthy lifestyle changes and you were able to do them for however long and then you stopped? Um, yeah, I did. I mean, like there was a point when I, I started to, to run or walk or some some place in between that and, and kept that up for a year and a half. That's kind of when the back pain started though, is when I kind of stopped it. Um, but I mean, I, I think we've all done that or, or yeah. maybe not, but you know, no, where most, you, yeah. you know, yeah. yeah. Or, Why do you think you stopped you, it? In the case of that, I think it was more because I just started having so much back pain. Mm -hmm. um, but I mean, I don't know that I've really had other things where, you know, yeah. yeah, I don't know. So, yeah. So you've not done any, like, it's not like that one time I joined Jenny Craig and I lost X number of pounds and life was going no. good. And then I stopped. It was and or frequently I hear, I did keto one year for like six months and it was amazing. And then I stopped. So what foods do you, I did all kinds of things like keto and whatever, uh, but I never saw weight loss result. from it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So if you could take out a food, what foods do you think are giving you a hard time? Like what foods caused this? If you had to say, like me, it was M&Ms and Diet Coke, right? Like very clearly, <laughs> that was my problem child, right? There were a lot of other things involved with that, but that was that was foundational for me. What foods do you think yeah. it is that's hard for you? Um, I think it was sugars. It really was, you know, like ice cream and and then and then probably snacking. You know, I would equate to a lot of it is you know not not managing it well to you know take 
have true meals versus just snack. Yeah. So is there a belief that you may not be able to cut the sugars or cut the snacking long term? Is that the thing that like has you worried? I think it's maybe more the sugars. You yeah. know, I mean, I'm, I'm working, I, I like to cook and I'm working hard to make sure that I have variety and flavors and whatever right now. But I mean, I sugars are good. Yeah, they sure are. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What does your brain tell you or what is your worry about cutting sugars out forever? I think it's really, it affects your lifestyle in such interesting ways. Like when you go to a restaurant, I, I notice it now, you know, that I'm like, what am I supposed to order on this menu? And it's, I'm smart enough to know that it's really, it's not that I, it's literally, there is nothing on the menu that's not full of sugar. Yeah. 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 Give me an example of when that happened. It happened yesterday morning. Um, we went out for breakfast at a brunch place and I opened the menu and there's all the sweet breakfast, which is not usually my thing anyway. But um, and then there's a whole bunch of things with like with bread in them. You know, there's potatoes. There's I mean, it's mm -hmm. just it felt like everything on the menu had some level of carbs that I didn't know any background on. I, you know, I. I made a pretty good choice, I think, but what'd you choose? I chose a it was a piece like one slice of toast, so it was open face. It had an egg on it and avocado and then tomato and feta. Mm. Was it good? Did you like it? It was delicious. Yeah. 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 So do you, so a couple of things, right? Like there is strategy to manage that. And you can dig in, like, what would have happened if you would have said, I want this, but without the toast? Oh, they would have brought it to me without the toast. Yeah. yeah. Why wasn't that an option for you? I didn't even think of it. Okay. And that's yep. sometimes like, and you know, I love, and again, it's a thought, like everybody doesn't have to have this thought, but it is my favorite thought. Their business plan is to exchange their food for my money. It is literally the thing that they want to do all day long, right? So if I can, if we can find a way to come to terms on how they can exchange my money for their food, like let's work at that, right? So yeah. I always ask for substitutions or changes or, and I don't, mm -hmm. I mean, it's not like, I don't know, there's a variety of reasons. Sometimes I can't have beef. So I'm like, I really need you to be serious about turkey sausage. If it's not turkey sausage, I'm going to have a problem. Like I'm going to get sick. Yeah. So, um, you know, there's so there's sometimes there's that part and it feels very easy to ask for them because I'm going to have an allergy. Some mm -hmm. people get really mixed up in their head about asking for them to pull out the carbs just because we're trying to get healthy, which is ironic, yeah. right? Like it's the same thing. We're both doing it for our health. Both times where it's for the health. It's just people have funny feelings about it. So sometimes that comes up and we need to coach through that. But it sounds like sometimes we just don't think, oh, I could just ask for it without the carb component, mm -hmm. right? Sometimes there is that strategy. But curiously, so there is this idea that it's hard to live life without that. I want to ask you about what you did choose, though. Do you think that eggs and avocado and tomato and feta and a piece of bread led to your diabetes or your prediabetes? Um, probably not. Yeah. I mean... Yeah. And so it's, it's probably not what I would have ordered 10 years ago either. Yeah. What would you have ordered 10 years ago? This is always fun. <laughs> um, probably, I don't, like I said, I haven't really been 
I, I probably would have ordered eggs and sausage and potato hash browns and toast, you know? Yeah. yeah. And so, you know, sometimes it's the, so I guess my question to you, do you feel like you could do eggs and sausage and a little bit of the potatoes and a little bit of the toast long-term? Yes. I can't. Oh, you must, can you, can you you hear yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, no, but you should be in my ears. Sorry, technical glitch. So see that your brain is offering you worry and a belief that you can't do it long term. Where if we actually like and that's the way our brain does it, right? Like there's a question and it's unanswered. It's just left hanging. And mm -hmm. when it's just left hanging like that, we suddenly can't find an answer right like we can't even imagine going forward long term because we don't give ourselves an answer to that question and that creates this worry mm -hmm. right so what so if that if we put like does that sound like something you could move forward with yeah yeah i mean i think well a i just like the idea of like why didn't you just ask them for what you wanted i mean it's Right. Seems very I logical. love, I'm, I mean, like it is so <laughs> like when I walk into a restaurant and I'm like, they literally want to give, no, there are really highfalutin restaurants as my dad would have called them. There are really yeah. fancy schmancy restaurants where the chef really wants you to eat the food that he gives you and that's, or she gives you and that's great and fine. They're not, I mean, it's not where we're spending most of our life, right? It's not where we're going yeah. all of the time. The restaurants yeah. that you go to all the time, they know you and they likely want you to keep coming there and they want to exchange your money for their food. Yeah. So, um, so that's a strategy. Does that resolve all of your worry? No. Yeah. Yeah. What yeah. else comes up? Well, I, I think it's just sort of like living life and I, maybe because so much of it's new to me and I've been trying to like learn so much, um, it, it, it it's going to take a while i think to figure out like what what things can you do you know for example we we like to go get ice cream probably once a week and i've pretty much just said no thank you but i don't want to do that for the rest of my life it's part of it's part of our relationship i guess almost is to to do something like that and so but i don't i i guess i need to learn um, is there, is a small portion going to hurt? Or, yeah. And if it's only once a week and, you know, yeah. like, I don't know any of that stuff just because this is also new to me. And so there is going to be an element of learning how frequently, mm -hmm. and I will tell you that there is no answer that I can give you right now. It's really like I, so what I recommend with my clients is about 10 to 12 weeks of pulling the carbs out, yep. really holding it low and then seeing what happens with your blood sugar and then we do what's called a carb challenge test we challenge we eat the thing whatever it is a sundae mm -hmm. a piece of cake ice cream pasta whatever the thing is that like and you get to decide like it's individualized for everybody and yep. then what you do after that is you check your blood sugar in increments to see how well your cells respond to pulling that blood sugar down mm -hmm. if your cells respond in a normal way then you can start adding foods back in, right? Easy peasy. Then you kind of decide and you monitor your blood sugars and see 
when I have once a week ice cream with three times a week pieces of bread or potatoes, my fasting blood sugar starts to creep up. That's too much. What do I want to rein in? Mm-hmm. Okay. You just monitor it and see. Are you going to be able to like, so my question to you is I want to offer that one piece of toast with breakfast on the way out on, on eating out, never made you diabetic, even combined with once a week ice cream. So those were unlikely to have created your disease, like, right? Like the biology yeah. in your body right now. Yeah. Yeah. What was it that was creating it? It was consistently doing those things. Like, yeah. Yeah. Do you and, think it was- and I think it was super high stress job, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, yeah. very little exercise, all of those things. Yeah. 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 So I, do you feel I like you were, I haven't been able up until she mentioned, like she talked to me more about it. I hadn't really thought about how much stress mattered. I mean, yeah. 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 So absolutely. And once you get to the place where your cells are insulin resistant, you do have to rein those things in. But I always remind, and I really, I'm, please do not hear that I don't think it's important. I do think that, and I talk with my clients constantly about stress management, but there's no amount of meditation and zenness that's going to normalize your cellular function at this point, yeah. right? Yeah. What food is it that you're really worried about letting go of on a regular basis? Or like, what is the way that you were living that you're like, I can't do that right now? Yeah, I mean, I think it's such an interesting question because I... I just always have, I felt like for years that I have been a pretty healthy eater. Mm-hmm. And when I, and when I say sugar, I think that that's maybe what it truly is. It was like, you know, something after a meal or having some kind of sugary snack or whatever daily. And yeah, you know, yeah. So do you feel like you ate snacks on a regular basis? Like mm-hmm. every day, what snacks mm-hmm. were they? They, they would vary. Um, like processed things, cake and ice oh, cream. And, yeah, 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 yeah. So are you really worried about letting those things go long-term? Are you worried about not snacking on tasty sugary stuff every day? I don't think so. I don't think I'm worried about that. I, yeah, when when I say that, I'm, I'm just kind of skeptical, I guess, that mm. maybe that's a better word than worried, that it, mm. that it, that it can be long lasting. Yeah. And so figuring out like, like getting to the bottom of that, let's dig into that. Like, why, why do you believe it can't be long lasting? We talked about the restaurants and it is everywhere, mm-hmm. right? Why do you believe it can't be long lasting outside of that? I think there's a lot of like messages in the media there. Like I said, mm-hmm. I, I haven't been able to be successful at it myself. It's, I'm very much an accomplished person and this has not been something that I've been able to manage, I guess. But you, like you've been doing it recently, right? Yeah. Yep. Give me an example of when you weren't able to manage it. When you're like, I was, I really wanted to create this and I made this other decision. I can't, I can't really think of like, you know, I, I don't think it's like some specific day that I said, yeah. oh, today I'm going to stop doing I'm gonna whatever have I'm doing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think it just sort of like creeps in. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And yeah. Yeah. So. And then you wake up one day and you're like, you're oh, wow. Diabetic. I... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
so yeah so when you're feeling like it sounds like right now you're making consistent choices that you like yeah yep and you're seeing corrections of those numbers is there any place else in your life where you've kind of had the skepticism that something can happen and you're like i don't know that that's true like yeah i i don't think it's fair to say that i'm seeing corrections in the numbers right because oh. it's only been these four weeks and I'm pre-diabetic so yeah. I'm not like I said I'm not doing any kind of tracking or glucose monitoring and so they're really and you know my next appointment is two more months from now and so okay. there there's no feedback to me that yeah, I can see I other than the weight loss that I have felt you know a little bit right recently okay what have your what is your plan? What is your current like protocol? What are you doing to create to fix this for you? Mm -hmm. I'm trying to have way more protein, um, a savory breakfast, and then just uh, um, lo lots of vegetables and meat. Basically, is mostly what I've been eating. Okay. And on a like, if you had to give yourself a zero to one hundred percent grade, like A, B, C, you know, grade, how did you mm -hmm. do yesterday? 85%, probably okay, 90. Was, I mean, I'm yeah, having, the, like I said, I, yeah. it's working okay right now. What was the 10 or 15% that kept you from 100%? Um, I had dinner last night with a friend and I probably had a way bigger portion size. And, you know, so and it was like a tortilla wrap and greasy and um, Okay. It, just, it just felt like, I think it was one of the better choices on the menu, but it was a large portion and I ate it all. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So are you, are you doing like, how did you do the day before? Is there a day where you're like, I did 50% that day? I don't think I've, I, I literally don't think I've gotten, I would say I went to 50%. I think there were a couple of days, like maybe 60, 65. And that was more like, um, we went out for dinner and I had dessert. Okay. You know, one day. Okay. And, so I would put that on the, like I said, I've been, I've been really trying to be as attentive and like, as I could, as sure, I Sure, sure. So it sounds like you actually are doing that. Is there any belief like this, living this way sucks and I don't want to do this long-term? Is there anything like that? I think it's, well, it's challenging and time consuming right now, mostly mm -hmm. because I don't want to eat the same thing over and over again. Mm -hmm. But I feel like that becomes something like I, I can figure that out long-term, you know, it's, it's just more about like re reframing what I cook and. Yeah. Some of it is reframing what you cook. I do think it's always interesting if that, and I don't think that that particular belief is hindering you. So I don't know that there's mm -hmm. any necessary to dive into it, but I always encourage people like, what were you eating? Like, give me the month before you made these changes. What were you eating on a day? And it's still like five to 10 meals that we yeah. cycle through. Finding five to 10 that we can cycle through that we enjoy that don't make our, ourselves sick. It can be time consuming. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Right. So. And it sounds like you don't have any problem. I, I think, um, I think maybe the other thing is like, I'm, I've been for the last three weeks at our condo in Florida and, you know, mostly by myself. <laughs> and so I'm not eating out as much right now either, which could have enough, you know, that could be one of the reasons why it's easier to right now. So what do you think about eating out? 
like just in general, broad spectrum, what are your beliefs about eating out? Um, I, I don't know. It's, it's something that I enjoy that we enjoy and it's, I don't know. I don't necessarily know that I think of it as a time when I want to try new things, but I don't necessarily think that I think of it as a time to be indulgent. Yeah. Is there a thought that if you have to change the way you're eating, that you're not going to enjoy those experiences as much? Yeah, possibly. Yeah. And that is probably the heart of what the concern that I don't know that I can do this long term is. Yeah, that could be. Yeah. Right. When I think, when you think, when anybody thinks, like, I don't know that I'm going to be able to do this thing that I've enjoyed, that we enjoy, that's part of my life. I don't Mm -hmm. know that I'm going to be able to do this and fix my numbers long term. You create that worry from that space. Yeah. Yeah. And then, of course, from when we, just the way the brain works, you will then start looking for evidence of why you're not going to be able to do this long term. And what that will look like for you, I suspect, and maybe I'm wrong, but you'll you'll see, you're gonna get the results because you are a driven human, you're a driven woman, you've done things, like you're yeah. accomplished, you're gonna get the results, and then you're gonna be like, I don't wanna live this way if I've gotta have these results. Like if this is the way I've gotta live, I don't wanna live this way because this is an important thing to me, and I don't see how I can do this long-term. And you're gonna create evidence about why it's so uncomfortable as long as you're like, I don't see how I'm gonna do this long-term. Does that make sense? It does. Yep. Do you think that's the source of your worry? Probably. It's a good chunk of it. A yeah. Piece, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So how do you feel about that when I lay that out? When I when you're thinking, I don't know that I can live this way long term and enjoy this thing that's important to me, and you feel worry and you start to see the places that it's hard for you to make these changes, and you see how that's gonna create this result of you not being able to keep it long term. What do you think when I tell you that? Um, well, it, it it makes me, I mean, it's it's interesting to identify that that might be what's happening. Um, when you say you're not going to get the results, that that concerns me, yeah. right? Because well, like, and it depends on the results that you want. I think you will get yeah. the results, but do you want them long term? That that long term yeah. result might be questionable. But yeah, go on. Yeah. So I guess I I don't even know what number I'm trying to get to. I just know I want it to be lower. Right. Like that's the message I heard. (laughs) Yeah. So I do think Um, there needs to be some clarification and we'll talk about that, but go on. Yeah. Um, And so I think maybe the, the worry is more about making sure that when, whatever that number is, when I get to it, because I, I do think that I will um, like, what then? Yeah. You know? yeah. 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 So absolutely. I think we have some information to talk about some like, just give me the parameters I need to work within. <laughs> so, you know, so it doesn't <laughs> feel like you're walking through a foggy forest. You know what I mean? And not yeah. sure. I think that that's, but do understand, like, I want you, I would encourage you. I want to welcome you to start looking like, oh, how am I gonna do this forever? How am I gonna enjoy eating out with my family and the loved ones in my life and enjoy this experience that I do love in a way that doesn't make me sick, that keeps these results long-term for me? Mm -hmm. Your brain 
like, you know, the heart's job is to pump blood and it beats all the time. And the lungs jobs are to breathe in oxygen and exchange it for carbon dioxide. The only time that they stop doing that is when we die. Our brain's job is to think. And the only time it stops doing that is when we die, right? If you don't put an intentional, like if we don't set our brain to think about the things that we want to think about or that serve us, it will think about all these other crazy things. Like, I don't know that I'm going to be able to do this for long term, right? And start mm-hmm. creating evidence and seeing that evidence. So I would yep. encourage you to put it to work. How am I going to keep this thing in my life that I love? eating out with my family, spending time with my family and not be sick with type two diabetes. How am I going to do both? Okay. Mm-hmm. So, um, let's talk, let's talk biomarkers. Okay. So okay. the biomarkers that, um, we look at with just metabolic disease and being healthy one, of course, your A1C two, a serum insulin level, a fasting serum insulin level. Your functional med doc may have already drawn one of those. Your traditional medical doctor will look like you have four heads on your shoulders if you ask for one, so prepare yourself if you do that. Um, But the insulin level, the ALT on your chemistry panel, it's a liver enzyme, that's another one we look at. Triglycerides is one we look at on your lipid panel, so again, your A1C, the insulin level, the ALT, triglycerides. And then some people will look at blood pressure because certainly elevated blood pressure is impacted by insulin resistance, okay? Meaning that the way that the kidneys function, it doesn't matter how low your sodium count is during the week or during a day, you're gonna run your blood pressures high because of the effect of insulin resistance on your kidneys. So those are the things you wanna look at. You would probably benefit from getting an, what we call in the group, a prick machine, an AccuCheck machine, one of the finger stickers, and checking your fasting blood sugar. That is the way that you're gonna get the most precise information about what you're doing from day to day, okay? The scale is helpful, and the fact that you're seeing weight loss is awesome, but a lot of times that's driven by water retention, okay? Mm-hmm. When you, everybody knows when you eat too much salt, you retain water. Carbohydrates, the hide of carbohydrates is a water. The more carbohydrates you eat, the more you retain water also, okay? Okay. So that's, it's just not as precise as a way to to watch your blood sugars and your insulin resistance and how it normalizes. The fasting blood sugar is the last blood sugar to normalize, but it is the most indicative of what's going on with your insulin resistance, okay? So you have to come to that number with a lot of patience, but understanding that you're getting the most information from it, okay? When that number falls below 100, that's when your insulin consistently falls below 100. That's when your insulin resistance is starting to resolve, okay? There are a number of nuances that I think giving all at once are very overwhelming, so we won't talk about that. But if you see for two weeks, your average blood sugar for two weeks is 95, you can feel really good that you're on the right path. Okay. What I And that's like, like if you were to do the prick your finger right away in the morning. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So making adjustments on how many carbs you're eating in a day. And I know that there is an element of like, I don't know that I want to watch that closely. 
you won't need to watch that closely forever. I put my my CGM, I put it back on for the first time in probably two and a half months today. I check mm-hmm. my blood sugar pretty frequently in the mornings. But again, it's like when I say pretty frequently, I had a test strip of like a thing of 30, maybe it was 50 test strips and it's lasted me that two and a half months. It's not like I'm doing mm-hmm. it every single day. Um, you don't have to do it every single day once your numbers are reversed and you understand, you have a clear understanding of what you can and cannot eat, right? I don't like the word cannot eat. You can, grown ass woman, you can eat whatever you want. (laughs) But if your goal is to keep your blood sugars in a certain range, there are foods that will pop you out of that range. And there's a frequency of those foods that will pop you out of that range, okay? So once you understand kind of the parameters with which you eat within to keep that result that you like, Mm -hmm. then you don't need to be testing all the time. You just need to test whenever, like the holidays are a big one because usually there are, I know that I, my fasting blood sugar pops up from like 85 to like 97, 95. My blood sugar goes up. It doesn't usually go into a pathologic range or a disease state range, but definitely Mm -hmm. there's a jump in it. My weight goes up. All of it happens over the holiday season. That's just the way it is. Um, And I know what that means is in January and February, I do a lot of cleaning up. Like there's nothing I can't fix because I know what I need to do. Okay. And that I think comes around full circle to this. I don't know that I can do this long-term. There is nothing in your life that you cannot have. There's truly nothing. There is no wedding cake. There is no birthday cake. There is no anything. There is no ice cream that Mm -hmm. is you're never going to be able to eat it again. Nobody got sick from one thing of ice cream, right? There was not one piece of cake that made anybody sick. It was years and decades of living that way, right? What do you think about all that? That's helpful. Yeah. Um, I, I, I like the suggestion of just taking my fasting blood sugar once a day, even, and just to start to have that piece of feedback rather than wondering if I'm on the right track for the next two more months. Yeah. It's no wonder it's worrisome for you. Really, truly. It's no wonder it's worrisome. You don't have anything to anchor into. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That along with this idea, I'm going to have to let go of these things that I love in life. That combined with a lack of anchor probably does feel really worrisome. Yeah. Yep. And, and just in general, I have an analytical personality. So we like numbers. (laughs) (laughs) I always say that whenever I'm working as a clinical physician and I'm like, I'm always, I'm like, I want labs. And they're like, we don't need labs on everybody. I'm like, yeah, but they're nice. I love my numbers, right? (laughs) It gives me something to tinker with. So yeah, yeah. yeah. So that is, those few things probably would take you a long way. I think that where you're starting at, your number, your, it's entire, like your numbers are going to reverse. This is something Mm -hmm. I see with my women within the first six to 10 weeks of working together. When they start in your it is definitely different when I see women who have, you know, a hundred units of insulin or have all the, they've had diabetes for 30 years and they've been on insulin for 20 of them. You know, it is mm-hmm. definitely different for them, but for where you're starting, we definitely see this reversal happen very quickly by six months out. You're feeling like you're in a really steady place. Good. That's good. So, that's, yeah. 
Yeah. yeah. So it's totally That's the same possible. message that she's giving to me is like, you know, she's like, I don't, you know, you can do this. Yeah. Yeah. And I will offer like, again, I highly recommend stress management and there have been women. I have worked with two women who that was their thing. They ate clean. They didn't want to lose weight. Their weight was, you know, in a healthy range and they could just not seem to get their numbers down. And we weren't one of them. She's lovely. She was so wonderful. And we worked together for like, I don't know, probably 13, 14 weeks before she was like, finally, like, okay, tell me more about this stress thing. We keep talking about it. And that was the thing within about four weeks of working on stress specifically, meditation, journaling, looking at our thoughts, deciding what we want to be stressed out. Like, what do I want to invest my mental energy into? And what is not that important to me? And I'm going to just let it go those things four weeks her numbers normalized wow so stress can be very powerful but again <laughs> we can't like there's no amount of like meditation all day long that's going to make eating twinkies an okay issue for me right like it's not <laughs> does that make sense yeah, it does yep yep all right any other questions that you have about the kind of parameters the boundaries the science that we talked about or any other questions about like this this worry thought or like are you sure i'm not going to be able to are you sure i'm going to be able to eat out sometimes anything <laughs> questions about that no i don't think so yeah that was helpful good good i hope it was and i hope it's helpful for everybody we're gonna sign off if anybody has any questions about anything that i presented in this podcast don't ever hesitate to reach out to me delane at delane md and i will be back next week Bye bye <laughs>